Hi, it's Damo here. In this episode, we are talking about borderline personality disorder, addiction, substance abuse, self-harm and suicide. So please do go carefully. Hello, welcome to episode 71 of I'm Fine, a chat between myself, Damo, and someone who has the amazing talent of making you walk funny two days after seeing them. Oh, you're suffering? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right, in my, right in my creases. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you. Blame that's Amelia, I copied her. This is a chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, sport, business, and the matters of the heart, mind, and guts. We should never forget the guts. No. We're all work in progress, and this podcast is no exception. In short, it's spoken our perfectly imperfect lives, and if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness, then our work here is done. Make sure you subscribe to us in your podcast app and follow us on the socials by searching for I'm Finecast. And please do drop us an email at imfinecast at gmail.com. You said you're going to be here at 2.37, Mark. I sent, I, I was, late, wasn't I? Yeah, I was crafting a text going, it's 2.38, I'm taking the bunting down. I'm really upset. And I thought, oh, after all the stuff we've been talking about texts, I don't know what mood you're going to be in. I thought, I sure we'd find it funny. Yeah. But, you know, I just... Maybe I, not. I... Yeah, I just had that second thought, like, delete, 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 yeah, delete. Yeah, just delete. had two hours of therapy, and that, I'm going to take the piss for being late. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure where you are going to be. No, I'm good. I'm very good. Good, yeah, so I wish I'd sent it now. Yeah. You should have gone, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> You're so funny. So coming up in this episode, part three in our three-part mini-series on borderline personality disorder. And in this episode, we'll be looking uh, in more detail at uh, addiction and obsession. I think we've kind of covered some of these things I'm talking about, but we've just got to wrap it's up. It's almost right. integral to the condition, but yeah. I just want to be a little, to treat them as what's called comorbidities. Just uh, Okay, that's a very popular word at the moment. Yeah. It is, and that's how they're defined in terms of, I think, I think it's very difficult for professionals to extricate addiction and obsession from what, the BPD what? traits. It's like, uh, okay, right, right. they're interchangeable, aren't yeah. they? It's like the idea that someone with BPD isn't obsessive, it's like... Yeah, or doesn't have addictive, addictive tendencies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, we're also going to touch on high-functioning BPD, then looking at therapy and support services to wrap it up. Yeah. There was there was so many BDPs in the last, rather than BPDs. It was a shit to edit. Yeah. It is a fucking nightmare of an acronym, it is. isn't it? Yeah. But then your therapy is almost the same bloody letters. Oh, the DBT. C- DBT. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've got CBT because of my bike test thing. Give me my it's a nightmare. Yeah. But there's also some of the other definitions within medical. It's like, you. I often think, who chose dyslexia for dyslexia? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the hardest word to spell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where we ended up on the last episode, just again, thanks again for all the listens, because sometimes there's a delay in our stats coming up, isn't there? Mm. We have that panic where nothing... We've had one today. Nothing moves for a day, have we? Yeah. No one's listened. Oh, right. That's what <laughs> In the whole world. <laughs> I was tempted to just give it another go myself, just to feel wanted. <laughs> Got to buy one, and I feel better. Yeah, uh, yeah, because it does get stuck, doesn't it? We have, we do have that panic sometimes. We've texted yes. each other, gone, We're, "That's it, we're no done." Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly, while you refresh it and wallop, there's another twenty, thirty in there. And you're like, yeah. Okay, it's not so bad. But that happened um, a couple of times this week, so it's almost the opposite of it not doing anything. I've gone and gone. That, that can't, that be, can't right. be right. There's too, yes. there's too many, which has been great. Yes. Been like our highest numbers probably we've seen. Yeah. Certainly in a couple of days. Which yeah. is Some very of big, it going out. Yeah. Very, it's very it's, it's great. So, um, it's, yeah, a little, awesome. it's a little bit with, um, reminds me of weight loss when I'm doing clients. I don't like to put a big emphasis on the scales, but some clients do like to be weighed. 
and it's quite often if they've lost three or four pounds, it's I'll go on again, as in, oh, right, just well, just to get the feeling, yeah, yeah. yeah just well, no, of... no, no, just to get like. I don't think I've done that well. Oh, is that what you mean? They're expecting bad news. Okay. And so the machine is there for it falls. It's double checking. Whereas if it's gone up, it tends to be, I knew it, I knew it. Of course. You don't, you don't, yeah, you, yeah, don't yeah. you trust yeah. the machine if it comes up with the result you're expecting. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. put an emotion into <laughs> a static object. Um, you got a funny story, Mark? I think well, it's... Well, we um, should say you've got to have a story and we'll all be the judge of, <laughs> of the I comedy. Don't, I don't think humour is the major aspect of it. So for those of you that are new to the pod, and there are quite a few, especially in Sweden, where we're bigger than ABBA. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we are on the mental health podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ABBA weren't really known for the mental health podcast. No, good point. But, um, but yeah, we are, aren't we? We're, um, we're 42 in Sweden for mental health. And I was thinking, one of the things I was thinking is, if English, I mean, I know, because I haven't been to Scandinavia and places like Holland as well, that, mm. that, you know, you can hardly even say that English is their second language. It's often as good as their native tongue, isn't it? A lot. Oh, yeah. But I was just thinking it. I wonder how things travel. If the people in Sweden who are listening are Swedish, how mm. our cultural references, how many of those resonate with Hardly them? cultural, are we? <laughs> yeah. couple of apes. Yeah, we mentioned ABBA. <laughs> That's our summary of Sweden. <laughs> a pretty flag. I like the flag. ABBA. Yeah, it's a nice flag. Yeah. Mm. You'd think there'd be more flags like the Swedish flag. Because <laughs> then you wouldn't be able to know what Sweden was. No, not the same. <laughs> <laughs> just because you like it why don't we just have loads yeah, of those everyone has it yeah no no just in terms of the color there's an awful lot of red and whites or red white and blues like mm. belgium and france and well, it's probably because of the the empire wasn't it we've still got red yeah. and blue we just left red and blue everywhere we went i'd imagine i have no idea i have no, no i can't back that up in so, any way anyway oh is there a story in there the story amelia headed off to bolton on friday Saw her for a couple of minutes just to say, by safe journey. And she used a phrase that I thought was quite interesting. But I get all my stuff together. I meant to have left 20 minutes ago. And you know when we were talking about the shoulding? Hmm. That almost came across as an apology it, to my ears. I know it wasn't. It was basically saying I was due to leaving due to leave at one o'clock. Just sounds like she's she's running late. She knows it and she wanted to communicate it. Yes. Right? The point. Yeah. She was just going, I was going to leave at one o'clock. It's now 20 it's past. Not, I meant to leave 20 minutes ago. I'd imagine you wouldn't give two shits. No. Right? <laughs> but. <laughs> Unless you've made her late and she's making her point. Yeah. It's like, oh, you've been here 20 minutes chatting to me. <laughs> Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah. This is a long, this is a long safe trip (laughs) so the the point i'm making is that for me Mm. i was almost going to go oh no don't judge yourself and she wasn't judging herself and going back to our bit about language last time my interpretation of that was that she was going she was almost like knocking herself a bit i meant to leave 20 and therefore Mm -hmm. i failed Mm -hmm. because i haven't kept that Mm -hmm. commitment she didn't have to be somewhere at the other end at a certain time it wasn't like for a meeting or an interview or anything like that Mm -hmm. but i'm just bringing that in because i think it's interesting about interpretation and i was listening back to to the last pod when i said this is the thing i've done and the response from you was great Mm. like i'm saying if things can only be interpreted one way and that's a positive i'm recognizing that helps me Mm. because i overthink things as soon as she said i was meant to be there i was going I'm now worried because you're late and what are the repercussions from that? And is it my fault that, yeah. you know, you've not been able to leave? There's also an element of the just thinking out loud, which I do. But mm. I'm funny about time. Yeah. Leaving at the right time. Yeah. Getting there at the right time. Yeah. Well, that's the important bit. Yes. You're not going to get there at the right time if you don't leave at the right time. No. So I'd probably do the same, but I'd probably get that out of my system by saying it out loud. Yeah. Rather than internalising it. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's, it's like a big deal. I'm, I'm not going, oh, no, but I, but everyone with BPD really struggles when no, you've no, done no. this. It's not but that at I all. I think what I was getting from that is it's quite a small thing. 
Yeah. And could just be of an exclamation. Yes. Just something to get out your out your system. Yeah. And just a complete throwaway thing. Yeah, it's like note to self, isn't it? However, as we've all talked about, the small things often build up yeah. to bigger things. And yeah. Or, and might, I, I, or I, might be just something slightly more underlying. But Yeah. And I found, because I was looking at language a lot this week, I looked at a text where someone just said a certain line and basically my next, it was a conversation, my next reply, although it was done more subtly, was fuck off. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was, and there was no reason. It was a complete. How do you do that? Certainly, there's an emoji. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just type it and show it them. Or do you act it out? <laughs> I just go into the. Which emoji is it? Well, the, uh, the finger. Oh, do you actually talking the emojis? Do you know that if you type certain things with Google, it comes up with the emoji? Yeah. No, no, but well, no, you <laughs> you do know that. I'm not disputing that you do because you answered yes, and I believe you. If you type in, okay. What? Here we go. Well, it also depends Emoji what you... fun, the new feature. Yeah. Right. Tap in on your Apple Mac. On oh, my Apple Mac? Yeah. Right? Where? That's a strange intonation. In the Google <laughs> bar. <laughs> no, who says that, Mark? That's why it's a straight... That was like a... My Apple Mac, as in, who says that, old man? <laughs> put, put, in, put in... With your massive PC. Put in, please, sir. Where? Where do I put this? In the search bar. In my in Apple. Google. On my Apple and Google. Thank you. So, what do I write? What I just told you. I, I was t- too, busy too busy interrupting. Yeah. Please, sir. Please, sir. What does it come up with? Please, sir. Oh, maybe I meant your phone. Oh, for, in Google? Yeah. And it doesn't, the emojis don't show up in, in the search bar anyway. Put please, sir. No, not in the search bar. In where? <laughs> as if you were... Oh, fuck. I don't even know where. As if you what, were... In, your, in, in a chat? In a message? Yeah, try that. Which one? Yeah, in a chat. Well, I mean, I've only got I've only got signal. And 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 text messaging. Oh, good, uh, try it on Signal. The Waldorf try on and Signal Stadler and... of podcast of technology. No. What Signal? I'm gonna, I'm on Signal to you here. It's yeah. your channel. Okay. Right. Please, please, sir. What comes up? Nothing. Oh fucking hell! I was in a great mood just now. But if I put please poo, then the poo emoji comes up. Yeah. What? <laughs> Is it the ones that I use more frequently? <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So, please, sir, and look at the emoji that it offers. That emoji. It's like a little welling up of the eyes emoji. Yeah, it's Oliver. It's from Oliver. Oh, as in, please. Oh, give me a chance to process. Bloody hell, you've just told me. Have you ever done that? You know, with the three words that it gives you at the bottom there? Have you ever put... Yeah, well, if I put fire in, it'll go fire, dire, and I'll have an emoji of a yeah. fire. And if you put please, sir, and it'll give you that emoji of Oliver. No, mine doesn't. Mine says sir, air, or sit. That's interesting, isn't that? Well, it isn't really interesting. Not really. No. There's a lot of editing already. <laughs> You're still typing, yet you've put your phone down. Mm. Well, that's spooky. Yeah, I've got that setting to make people think I'm being <laughs> that's in touch. That is genius. That is genius. <laughs> we, got it from, we got it from the BPD. <laughs> yeah. It's a separate app. Make out your loving people. It's, a crow, it's an extension, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's genius. It quite often comes up on online, even if I'm asleep. <laughs> oh, Mark's there. I'll text him. Show him something <laughs> Okay. Does it not filter my OKs into <laughs> lovely and great? That's, that, that's where the emoji ca- fuck off comes. Fuck off emoji. Yeah, right. So okay. that's where we were. So had this discussion with Amelia. Amelia got in a car, drove off to see her boyfriend, Dean, who we alluded to, the fragrant one. Oh, yes. She headed up to Bolton about a three-hour trip, and she sent me a screenshot from the car. I know you don't like screen. I'm sure she stopped and pulled over to a a Bolton lay-by, mm-hmm. and took a screenshot, which you may or may not have seen on her Insta stories, but unless you've got three hours a day to go through her Insta stories. That's another probably... podcast entirely. Yeah. <laughs> a day in the life of Amelia. 
High meals, by the way. Yeah, sitting in a hot tub at the moment. Um, so, right. Huh? How do you know? You've been here 18, 20 minutes. What? The small camera I put on all my children's <laughs> phone. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Okay. So, heading up to Bolton. And the point I was saying about her leaving at a certain time has a reason for it. Hold on. There's one of those clever signs that goes, welcome to Bolton, you're 20 minutes late. <laughs> I'm glad you found that funny because you get back to fucking slap me, weren't you? That I just interrupted you. No, that was good. That was worth. Thank you. Thank God for that. Twinned with I, don't, a... I thought you'd gone. <laughs> twinned with a tardy town in France. So <laughs> the point I'm making about her leaving at the time she did is that I'm going to talk about coincidence. Right. We have talked about coincidence ad nauseum on this podcast. I think I know this. this I thought it was Dean's story. That it no, up. it was Amelia's, oh, which actually right. makes it even more. <clears throat> yes. So at 1650, hmm. Amelia turned into Dean's street and a song came on from her, I think from her Spotify, hmm. or it might just, I don't even know if no, it was. It literally just came on in her car. It, yeah, it on, came up on the card dash. Thing. Yeah, I don't think it was on Spotify because she was listening to the pod, obviously. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and then she went, what the fuck, mind blown. It's not on any of my playlists or anything. Yeah. And this is what came up. So the track was called Be All Right. Mm. The artist was by someone called Dean Lewis. Yeah. Dean being her boyfriend, Lewis, Lewis who we've alluded yeah. to. Yeah. Album, A Place We Knew, as she turned into Dean Street. Mm. And that does go, and you go, yeah. well, maybe someone's put the names and she's been doing it. But no. you get to the times that... You wouldn't even think to do that. No. And just there isn't the any algorithm that goes. <laughs> Even if you did that manually, it'd take days to plan yes. and execute. Yeah. It's just too difficult. And you look at that and you just think, I was yeah, thinking going back to our very first pod and, yeah. the, you know, the, yeah. the feather. And it's easy to be, you know. Well, it's the universe. I think from, the, from when yes. our pod started and now, I'm very much in a place where the universe is speaking. I yes. can listen. Yeah. Because yeah, think... there's been too many things. There are too many things. Yeah. Things that happen all the time. Yeah. And if a person writes a book and go, oh, yeah, well, coincidences, because mm. this isn't, it's mm. like sometimes just fuck off. Just accept mm. that things happen mm. to support us, to help us, to give us a message. But I just thought that was like, yeah, well, you know, yeah. the other thing was, was that Amelia bought a, a present for Dean with an engraving on the mm. back of the watch. Yeah. And again, it was like, uh, it was, right. yeah, I did see that, well, that was actually in her car. You know, in, with respect to something mm. that, that mm, yeah. a term Lewis used to use for Dean. And I'm thinking, that is the planets coming together. Mm. It's, and then it made me think, well, she was 20 minutes leaving because I was rattling on. And oh, there you go. That yeah, was that the bit I was making. Yeah. If I hadn't done that, would that not have happened? Mm. Or would it have happened 20 minutes You're part of that. Earlier. You're part yeah. of the universe. Well, we all are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, amazingly, yeah. you are actually part of the universe, Mark. More insight. <laughs> We'll be 44 in the scientific ones in Sweden. We're all trying to find the universe you're actually from. But (laughs) (laughs) until we know that, you will belong to this one. Just because I'm in a good mood, you're going to fucking lay in, aren't you? Okay, let's go. You're in a great mood. I am. Yeah. Mm. It's good. I like you when you're in a bad mood as well. I'm never in between. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, shall we? Yeah. Let's go. I'm glad you kind of pulled these out because it's like trying to catch butterflies, isn't it? Sometimes when we're recording this stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, we talk about bookmarks that sometimes they are and they just, they go and you're, ah. Well, and also credit to you. I mean, you were very, you were very, very kind to me last, um, last pod where you said something nice. I can't remember what, but. I mean, yeah, every 70 episodes. <laughs> but no, just the, the way you edited, you've kept yeah, the vital bits in. And like I said to you, I was looking when you sent the first 26 minutes through. We had a, well, we, 
we both had a really tight schedule, but mm. you especially yeah. for the work you're doing. Mm. And I was thinking there was one tiny mistake and I was going, oh, it'd be good if you could choose that. And I'm thinking the poor guy is like, you know, in the middle of the night no, editing. No, it would have been all right to, I don't no, think it was too much. No, but I, I sort of think they should be kept in did this. You wanna, did you want to? No, all I said was the name of the book I said was, I hate you, don't love yeah. me. The first time I said it. Oh, rather than don't leave me. Every subsequent uh, time okay. I said leave me, but oh, we okay. went on to talk about love. It's oh, not. Oh, that's it. Oh. <laughs> I'm right, I'm I've over been it. sick since you mentioned it. <laughs> well, that one. Right. So, as you just mentioned, the final of our three parts, I'm um, going to cover a few areas. The most important is, is obviously going to be around the options about treatment. Yeah. There is stuff out there. There are links. There mm-hmm. is help available. It's really hard to find. We are going to be able to offer. We can I whittle think, it down. Yes. Can't we? Yeah. And and a couple of things I'm going to mention. It's like you might not even recognize all the words that are said in this video, but it'll give you some sort of flavor. Mm. And there's a couple of three minute videos or a number of three minute videos that I think are fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, we were looking at comorbidities. Like you said, that's been brought up a lot, hasn't it? It's been talked about a lot in the last year in, in yeah. relation to COVID. Yes. I just think of underlying health conditions. Is that pretty much what it is? Or does it have a slightly different meaning? It, yeah. I mean, strictly, it's more than one disorder in the same person. Right. But the comorbidities around BPD, I guess, would be around the other mental health things. So, for example, if a person's diagnosed with, say, both social anxiety disorder and major depressive disorder, those are comorbid, coexisting. So you can have anxiety and depression as two separate disorders. And when we're going to come on to talk about treatment, I want to be really, really careful on this, is that the vast majority of people with BPD have comorbidities. So I have two stroke, three other comorbidities. If they were more severe, they would be treated alongside the BPD, mm-hmm. but maybe differently. Yeah. So the therapeutic input I'm having is for my borderline. Mm-hmm. But if some of the others had more dire consequences, there might be something. So I might be on medication for something else, mm-hmm. but on therapy for the BPD. So yeah, it's just it's just coexisting. The typical mental health conditions comorbid- that show comorbidity include eating disorders, anxiety disorders, and substance abuse. Mm-hmm. And addictions, those all, they're, they're very often inseparable. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to talk about the addiction and obsessive behavior is for two reasons. And I'm not going to talk about my addiction. I had a very, very severe addiction for, I don't know, probably 25 years. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to talk about it because I don't think there's any point in talking about it. Sure. But I recognize, literally recognize from something that came relatively recently, that the seeds for that addiction came when I was about eight or nine. And I hadn't realized. Oh, okay. Um, and we talked about childhood, or where we alluded you found to that childhood. recently. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I, you haven't mentioned that. To no, me. I, I sort of, it was information that I always had. Hmm. And then I've just hmm. gone back and That's thought. That's often the way that was. Yeah. <laughs> it's all there. Yeah. And hmm. it's sort of, just a minute, if this was normalized when I was eight or nine. Yeah. And it was never shown as a problem. That's a really interesting word. We haven't kind of picked up on that too much. But normalizing, normalizing. Yeah. yeah. And this was very subtle. And maybe on another pod, I will talk about mm. it. I just, I think no, it's no, just no, going no, it's to fine. dilute the story if I do. I think what just very briefly on that, when we've talked about all sorts of things, yes. your experience of your personal experience of addiction, yeah, the nature of it, yeah, and where it comes from, how it's handled, and how it actually doesn't leave you, no, comes into so many different things, yes. not directly. Mm-hmm. But in and around any other mental health, sometimes physical health. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, the kind of yeah. the things maybe kind of a, a craving or passions, then then the fine line between passions and obsessions. Yes. And yeah. That there's there's lots of it's really hard to describe because it's just kind of popped into my head. But there's quite subtleties. But it, you know the addiction, the addictive natures, and again gradations of that. We're all, we all feel it. We're on the, the the spectrum of the of those kind of. We said this on both the other parts. You know, 
It's the dire consequences. We've said this on an earlier pod. My addiction led to dire consequences. I know people who have something very similar. And I think when we're going to talk about the high-functioning BPD, that might be a prime example where two people can have the same condition, addiction, obsession. And also talk about normalizing very quickly. If someone arguably is is addicted to alcohol and might be, we'll come to this phrase in a minute, but a high-functioning alcoholic because high-functioning comes... Mm -hmm. Is that correct me if I'm at, mm-hmm. if I'm out here? But you can be a high functioning alcoholic. Yeah. So oh, just yeah, yeah, carry totally. on with your life. No one really suspects it. Mm. Well, you're almost at that level where you your drinking is is a problem, but you're kind of hiding it. Yeah. Because your actions seem normal. I'm yes. air quoting. Here. Yeah. And just culturally, alcohol is normalised. Yes. But if you were kind of a recreational cannabis smoker. Mm-hmm. For example, arguably some people might look at that and go, "That's a little bit reckless," or. Mm. You know, or one step away from smoking crack, mm. which isn't. We've talked about the sign down down there, the Prosecco. Well, I think it's moved because yeah. <laughs> you're here. <laughs> about, you know, just normalizing bad behavior, bad drinking. Now they're all going to think it's alcohol, you see. <laughs> you are. We've moved the signs no, with Prosecco on so much. Oh, right. No, no, it. it's not. It's just because it's a sign. You hate it. <laughs> you hate those signs. It's nothing to do with alcohol. Drugs are drugs. Yeah. We just happen to have different views. We happen to have different laws around them. Yeah. What I hear and what I see or whatever around cocaine is that that has been normalized as mm. a drug because of the the settings often where it's used. Mm. And I was thinking back back in the day when I was first doing work with offenders or, or back in the 80s before I even did that, people used to take glue and I've seen people oh, yeah, on the top of yeah. garages falling off and, and someone died in Bristol from falling off a garage right. you know, from the glue fumes. Yeah. And you look at that and the whole of society would go, it's repulsive, it's horrible, it's like dirty and it's yeah, wrong. Yeah. But somehow cocaine at a party is like, Mm. But if you look at the trail of the cocaine and where that's yeah. come from, the people it's damaged along the way. But I think, yeah, it is. And society goes through waves, doesn't it? Where Even it's, where certain drugs are normalized. It was glamorized, isn't yes. it? In, in yeah. music and yeah, film culture, definitely. certainly. Yeah. Sorry, um, so no, no, I mean, I think this leads on to what I was going to say is that, that we've talked about the pain. We've talked about the emotional instability and the impulsive behavior. Of, I'm just going to call it borderline because we keep getting there. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. <I'll say. laughs> um, so we talked about the impulsive behavior borderline. And so that obviously places those individuals at risks of drug and alcohol. Yeah. We've talked about the emptiness and drug and alcohol and other addictions. Mm-hmm. Filling, um, filling the void. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just keep saying drug and alcohol rather than go through a list of every single addiction there is. So the relationship between the two is a very volatile one in that the use of drugs and alcohol then aggravates some of the more dangerous symptoms and that Mm. that's where this becomes a comorbidity that you can deal with borderline in a certain way with the therapeutic input but it's very hard for example to to create a mindfulness attitude to life when you're drunk or when you've been using your state has changed yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the two main ones are those around the sort of rage and depression. Mm-hmm. Those with borderline more likely to engage in drug or alcohol consumption. I think those two on gambling, I think it's 80, 85 percent of people with borderline have one or more of those right. those three conditions mm-hmm. um, and use it quite often as an attempt to numb the pain. And I mean, that's almost not rocket science, isn't it? You're feeling very empty, you're feeling yeah. very down. So you look for temporary Mm. relief yeah and i suppose in some ways the addiction can go broader than that because we talked about the self-harm and cutting and things like that and that there can be an addiction to physical pain it doesn't just have to always be Mm -hmm. you know taking a substance or or something else yeah yeah this also increases being prone to suicide attempts because obviously when your mind is in a certain position and then that's made even worse because of 
drugs and alcohol, just as a bit of a revisit, just for 30 seconds about what causes borderline personality disorder, because we've mentioned it. And I think it's just worth, before we come on to the addiction and obsession, literally just going over four factors. So one is a dysfunctional family environment. And like we said, it can be emotional neglect, it can be abandonment, it can be physical or mental abuse, but it can also be more subtle things over a long period of time. The second one is hereditary factors. We've talked about that in terms of, you know, there's there's evidence if parents have it, children, siblings are likely to have it. We've talked about the neurological factors, and I've got a little thing to you to put up on um, about the hippocampus and the other things oh, we were yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And then that leads to the actual brain chemistry about certain neurotransmitters. And we didn't mention about the production of a chemical called serotonin. I've seen a lot of that mentioned on the on the borderline people that we started to follow on Instagram. Yeah. Some stuff coming yeah. out. So, so again, we haven't really got time that. to go into sure. it, but um, we can pick it up again. it's basically that the people with borderline may not process these chemicals in, uh, okay. in, in the usual way. Right. I think there's many links between, and certainly from all my work in prisons, I think the links between what we've been talking about with borderline and substance abuse, yeah, they, they do seem one and the same. Mm-hmm. So, for example, many individuals who struggle with drug or alcohol use come from households where heavy drinking or drug use was the norm. And that's what we were saying about the normalization yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Also, the indications that addiction is related to to brain structure and function. And I must admit, I, I one of the major factors in me overcoming my addiction was a 12-step program. I think I had some skepticism when people used to go, oh, this is a disease. And I'm going, right. no, just stop doing it. You know, <laughs> yeah. even, even when I was doing it, even when I was an addict, I was going, no, it's not. It's just, it's just I, me I, being I, a selfish kid. I can kid. stop any time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it isn't a disease. Yeah. Of course it isn't. All I've got to do is not mm. X, Y, and Z. So it is related to brain structure and function. And this this thing about that, that you will find with a lot of people that have had addictions, they, they always still say they're in recovery. And it is. I mean, there was a trigger today in, in the therapy and I just, my addiction just rushed uh, through okay, my body. Right. There was a trigger that someone had set. Anyways, right. yeah. what we've basically come to is that, that a lot of the symptoms of, of the addiction and borderline personality disorder are very similar. So it's where does one start and where does one end? Mm-hmm. These are the ones that they share. So impulsive and self-destructive behaviors, mood swings from se- severe depression to manic periods of intense energy, manipulative, deceitful actions. I mentioned manipulation in the last one. And it, I know when I was an addict, I was so manipulative right. and I know... With PPD, I'm so manipulative. Mm -hmm. Um, A lack of concern for one's own health and safety and an insistence on pursuing dangerous behavior in spite of the risks. And this is one of the things I was going to say, that the general IQ level of people with PDP is exceptionally high. Mm. And it isn't done out of ignorance. When I'm involved in risky behavior, I'm totally aware of it. It isn't like no one told me. It's a choice. Yes. Right? Yes, it is a choice. Uh, and it's done. Is it with... always? Is it ever a point where it's not? I, I... We are getting to free will. <laughs> if you're talking about chemical reactions in the brain and addiction being a disease, and yeah, you are suggesting that yeah, you you aren't in control of it. You're suggesting that, that you know there's things going together. You you are chemically, I biologically we're, we're programmed going... to do that. Yeah, and but I still think it's really really difficult. And I know this because people have said it to me. Is like, if this was your addiction, all you needed to do. So it, it, not to do that. So I guess, you know, uh, the borderline can make you f- feel a certain way and a reaction to that or a, in dealing with that, you then choose to do things. Well, today, is that, is that, yeah. Today, I know it's not always quite as clear cut as that, but today's... doing risky things is, is an in a response to you feeling how you feel. 
Yes, and to, you could back, you could, back to the self harm bit. It's when the emotional response. We've talked about wise mind, and today my course today was re- revisiting and saying you cannot make good decisions when it is fully emotional mind. Mm. Um, and there's a couple of things, a couple of quotes I wrote. I suppose it's that real kind of balance of what's leading what. Yes. what comes first yeah and sometimes you can feel something react to it but also the way you react to it can also have the reverse effect yeah and this is for everyone isn't it this is that push this and is... pull of, of free will and chemical imbalance and that kind of yeah thing. the majority of people will have sent a text and as they've typed it thinking it'll probably be better if i don't send this but fuck it it's going i mean my sister did it today and when you know when you see deleted text in in, yeah. in whatsapp and you go well, well, with PDP, that's you go, even worse. You should have just sent it, right? Yeah. Rather than yeah. don't delete it. And I, and this is where this then comes, because I said to her, I said, oh, was it not a good text? Meaning like, yeah. I, so need to, want... I need an explanation <laughs> of why you can't communicate with me. And she went, oh, no, it was okay. It's just not worth you seeing or something like yeah. that. So I'm like with her. It's called your twat. So I just, yeah. <laughs> so I'm back there going, it. so was it a bad text? And it's like, yeah. yeah. You didn't go, was it a good one? No, no. I, know, is it, you, you've all seen the bad in that. Might yeah, have been so a good, I, it might have been just not to you. So I'm basically <laughs> saying, you have to tell me what was there because you've given some information you've taken away from me. <laughs> yeah. So it was to tell me that my niece's rabbit had died. Uh-huh. And my sister went, I don't think you really needed to know. No, no. But it would have been far better. And this might be another takeaway if it's a... a well, but eggshells again, isn't it? Yeah. Things die. Animals die. People yes. die. Yeah. Can't avoid it, can we? And to be Can't honest, with, with, with my BPD, it had been far easier for, for mm. me to tell me that Flopsy has dropped off this mortal coil than have deleted yeah, yeah, text. Yeah, yeah. Because all I'm going to think is, she slagged me off. Mm. Wasn't called Flopsy, was it? No. I didn't think so. The obsession, so the addiction we've sort of talked about, you know, the gambling and, the, and then the alcohol and drugs, but it isn't just that. Mm. Addiction obviously mm-hmm. goes, we haven't really got time to, to look at it in full detail. The obsession... I'm just going to focus on the bit that links to the favorite person. And those two are almost inextricably linked. And I said, favorite person doesn't have to be the person you love. Favorite um, people, as you say. Favorite people. Yeah. 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 And in a sec, I'm just going to mention, I've got some, some quotes from, pe- from people with BDP about the different ways that this obsession can come, can be manifested. One of the key things is when we see a shift in the feelings, either real or imagined of someone we're with, we can often withdraw. And become angry and hurt at something that someone wouldn't normally see. You know, like like that text I just said from my sister. That got me disproportionately. Mm. Mm. But that quite often then becomes obsessive. Because you were saying that bit, which I've been thinking about, do I hold grudges? I don't think I hold grudges, but I don't let anything go. I took all that out. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, well, we did talk about grudges. Yeah, you did. Well, because well. I went, I don't think you'll want to hold a grudge. And you went, really, Damon? And then you kind of piled into that and it wasn't, it didn't quite fit what we were doing. But you can have, you know, sorry, you can bring it up now. Just don't reference it because yeah. it wasn't there. Okay. Um, there was something that in this this research that I was looking at it's called obsessive love disorder. I don't think that is actually a scientific term, but that's how mm. they described it. Mm. And this sounds so much like favorite person, favorite people, an overwhelming attraction to a person, obsessive thoughts, feeling the need to protect the person you're in love with. And we've talked about rescuing. Mm. We've talked and often yeah, about yeah. somehow that you always know best and you need to look after someone. Yeah. Possessive thoughts and actions, extreme jealousy over other interpersonal interactions. And that almost feels like playground to me, mm. that when you're in the playground and your best mate then becomes friendly with someone else, yeah. that then becomes your enemy. Yeah. yeah, the idea of sharing somebody with someone mm. else. Mm-hmm. And these are just a few quotes. These are, these are all actual quotes. Mm-hmm. This person said, I am obsessive in love, falling quickly, deeply, and I always put my partner's needs before my own. 
Once I become attached to someone, I get drunk on lust as dopamine floods my body and dopamine, again, another chemical mm -hmm. reaction. Mm -hmm. I've fallen in love so many times, it's like an addiction. I crave the affection and touch of another human so much I have overlooked some questionable personality traits just so I don't end up being alone. And then the, the problem with this is that, that that obsessive behavior, because of the whole abandonment thing, people with borderline get into this position, get obsessive, and then it's shit, I've got to break this off before I get hurt. I've gone in too deep. Um, there's another one here, which is apologizing even when it's not my fault. Um, that's a very hmm. obsessive thing. That, And it actually, one of the things we're taught on the course is that if you over-apologize, it has the opposite effect because people get fucked off yeah. and it carries no weight. That, that, that then warrants a real sorry yes yeah i'm sorry i'm, uh, late. I'm sorry the problem? I'm now it is yes i want you to apologize for your apologies yeah yeah um and this one i thought was quite well spoken it says um as soon as i feel a tickle of attraction for any for someone which i thought was a great phrase i start obsessing over every one of my insecurities i analyze everything i can't eat or sleep i basically become lovesick and can't function without them inevitably i get fed up and start disassociating and switch between love and hate. Mm. And this was, again, mm. what we did on the course. She said there is no the grey in yeah, borderline. Yeah, yeah. It's extreme, isn't it? You suddenly think of pol you know, polar opposites. It makes sense if, the, if, if, if a disorder is, is by extremes, which yeah. this is, isn't it? Yes. It makes total sense. There's no middle ground. Yeah. And this is the last one in terms of the middle ground being made mm. more difficult with another comorbidity. Right. I'm not going to go into my comorbidities, but there's a clue here. I, <laughs> I have BVD <laughs> and OCD. My obsessions always present themselves in the same form. I take a thing I said or did in the past, recent or a long time ago, and keep playing it to myself mm. to try to know where I went wrong. It's like me saying to you, that little change. Every hour I think, I wish I'd said leave instead of love. Yeah. People, we've had this before, haven't we? When I've come, asked you to edit something. It's been go, bothering you that when I've come to train, it might be a couple of days later, and it's just rattling around your head. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you yeah. Know, Could you change that? You word? almost, yeah, and you probably... Yeah, you felt badly asking me to. And it doesn't Bowling. go and it can stay. And yeah. this person here said, I once spent two whole years obsessing and going over a 30-minute event. It broke me. Mm. And I think everything we've said, it's around the intensity. People, people say things they regret, but they have the ability maybe to let it go. BPD doesn't let things go. So that's the addiction and obsession. Mm. They're, um, so, they're so closely linked. Yes. Yeah, when you start to think about obsession and compulsion, we talked about the compulsion loop and dopamine hit and that kind of thing which is an addi which is addictive so it almost become the compulsion and addictive are very close aren't they all i've tried to do here is to to, to look at addiction in terms of substance mm. or gambling or self-harm yeah. as one element and a, a lot more of an emotional response mm. in terms of love on the other the only reason i wanted to say high functioning is because i think that this is also called quiet ppt and the reason i want to say it is that if there's people listening to this, there will be some people who will go, shit, I've got real concerns over this person. Or there'll yeah. be some individuals who are going, I've got all those traits and I've had some worries. I'm going to see somebody. Because that's our point, isn't it? To signpost people yeah. rather than... And the thing with high functioning, yeah. and you alluded to it with, with substance misuse, is if someone is functioning and doing certain things, it's easy to not see them either as in so much need or even with a problem. They're just a bit... You know, it's interesting the words I was thinking this when I was writing this, that we still use we. People use the term control freak. And it's like, <laughs> what an interesting... It's like the fussy eater thing you were talking about. That's stuck with me all week. Yeah. Well, put, only... putting that sort of adjective Yeah, it's fussy to... people generally who are eating the wrong things. That just reminded me of that. Yeah. They're not called fussy when they're eating the greens. Yes. Yeah. All only eat green, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you go with a healthy eater. 
Yeah, I was interested. I was thinking as well today on so much of the language in the mainstream media is that the people like myself who would be labelled conspiracy theorists for all sorts of things mm. tend to have derogatory titles. So COVIDiots <laughs> is a key one. <laughs> Remoners is a key one. Oh, yeah, of course. And I was yeah. looking at all the different things where there's a, a, mm. a black and white argument, if you like. You're either on one side or yeah, the other. Yeah. And um, evidently the BBC, after the Hartlepool by-election, were interviewing people and asking, why did you vote Conservative? But it's a loaded question, isn't it? Mm. It's like, you know, yeah. there's massive why unemployment. Didn't, why didn't you vote Labour? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it, explain yourself. It's like you're saying, if you're going to ask one question, you've got to ask all the others. Yeah, yeah. With, with the, the, but they didn't have anyone ask Labour, like, why, <laughs> no. why are you still voting Labour? It's <laughs> no. like... Like the answer is in the question. Isn't yeah, it? so just back on the Ramonas, like the Brexiteers. You might as well just say yeah. musketeers, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, the, there was loads. Just I give them a, a few sword. Other times. Yeah. Whereas the Ramonas were just sitting there. Yeah. Oh, I remember the good old days. So it's almost there's that intonation. Yeah, it's like being I'm in mad, control of my actions. I'm which quite, is a I'm good pr- thing. I'm productive and efficient. Yeah. But I'm a freak. Well, it's like <laughs> right? it's like calorie counting. There's there's a lot of people go like, yeah, you're obsessed with counting calories, and so I'm, I'm, looking, after, I'm looking after go, myself. I'm looking after myself. My <laughs> aim is to lose Self-care. weight, and this small app helps me do it. Yeah. It doesn't really. Freak. <laughs> yeah. Let it all hang out. Well, um, it's, it's, it, yeah, because we talked about duality of stuff. You're kind of saying disorder is suggesting their life isn't ordered. Yes. Yet someone with a disorder is obsessive mm-hmm. about their health or their environment yes, or who they hang out with. Yeah. Just saying. Well, I've sometimes done that. When, you... when I've told people what supplements, people have gone, you're obsessive. And I'm saying, I'm 60 years old. I've got 12% fat. I know I have lots of operations, right, but <laughs> 15 now. <laughs> you haven't now after, that in for a while, to be fair. After those Marmite crisps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, quite often, if I'll mention the yeah. supplements I'm on, people will like question. It's like, explain why you take those supplements. And yeah. I want to go, explain why the fuck you don't. <laughs> you just get your top off and go, look at this. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> right, moving no, on. Right. Yeah, no, do. So, language, fussy eaters, control freaks. Yeah. yeah. Take a look at yourself, yeah. right? Yeah, high-functioning or quiet BPD. The reason I want to bring this up is partly because I feel this is this is my diagnosis. And secondly, I think it's important that it isn't like he or she who, who shouts loudest gets seen first because it doesn't... That's a good point. Yeah. Suffering silence. Yes. All that. Yeah. Mm. Um, so just a couple of little things. So it tends to be that the self-harming is better hidden. We had a little discussion before. There's maybe more subtle. It doesn't mean it's less. Mm-hmm. It means it's less visible. I think what we're saying is you don't need to be running around in a in a panic making lots of noise yeah to be doing something risky yes or detrimental to your own health definitely Mm. um and the other one is the anger outbursts and it tends to be that the anger is reflected within so your anger is your self-loathing yeah Yeah. which again can be but when you're watching the tv people are kicking themselves for hours you just think oh they're just watching the tv they're relaxing they're probably not inside it's just been turned they're turning themselves over aren't they over and over again yeah i mean very very quick story when I was in the middle of my addiction, I had a belief that my thoughts were so strong that they could come out of my head and be read, like a sort of yeah, yeah like a physically bubble. like a bubble. Yeah. So I created, in effect, a safe in my head and my thoughts. To make sure they didn't come out. So they couldn't come out. So other people who were around me. But that safe was then not enough because someone might have a key or somewhere. So it became bigger and bigger and it ended up being almost like a spaceship. So every night... If I'm there trying to keep my thoughts contained, right, right. I create this visual spaceship safe in my head. Right, yeah. And that yeah. was every night for 
not for the whole 25 years, yeah, but for a lot of it. That. So you're right, the suffering silence, no one knows what other people are thinking. No. So it says, on the surface, you are calm and collected, maybe highly competent at work. People may look to you for leadership and advice, maybe popular and friendly, energetic and optimistic. But behind the screen, can suffer from intense loneliness, shame, mm. and may be extremely critical of yourself. Yeah. So I don't think any of that, that's new. I think it's all I'm well, saying. Well, for some, maybe. For some, actually. I don't think we've ever touched on it. Go on, say that again. You know, I imagine there's lots of people listening to this who probably didn't realise that was a thing, or it had yeah. a name, or yeah. they were doing it, know someone who might be. And like we said on the first one, I don't think our role here is to go, oh, if you're feeling this, this, and this, you've got BPD, mm. go and see a doctor and get yourself diagnosed. No, and no, no, right. What it's saying is that sometimes what you might be experiencing in your life could have somebody could assist you. You don't have to be yeah. outwardly, no, right. you know, falling to pieces. There can be mm. an internal bit. And there's plenty of things banded around, and I had written down asking twice. We've talked about asking twice before. Yeah. And just the high functioning is really good context for asking twice. Yeah. Because they're not demonstrating any of the traits yeah. or actions that you would associate with any of these things. Mm. So yeah. it, that's the perfect kind of scenario, isn't it? Yeah. Why would I ask twice? Yeah. Because you might just have to crack through yeah. the shell, right? And, and because he's a competent professional person who yeah. says, I'm... Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. One of the things is that the, this is another way where you we've talked about being let down by the system. Mm. The high-functioning BPD no. sufferer can be let down because professionals or institutions may render you as not sick enough to fit into their diagnostic criteria. Mm. All the therapy that I've had and all the or, interventions... Or aren't a danger to anyone else. Or don't, yes, that's a great aren't, point. Aren't perceived about it to be a danger to themselves yeah. or anyone else. He's here in a suit. About he doesn't business. look like he's going to do something. <laughs> yeah, he turned on on time. Which is terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. It's a terrifying thought. But yes. you can totally understand why. Like you said, when someone's shouting the loudest, why wouldn't you go and deal with those first? Yes. It's like in an accident, isn't it? Go for the, you know, well, they're wounded, but not as bad as this one over here. We'll leave. Yes. What's the pressing you need? Yeah. You don't know what's going on inside their body, but, you know, yeah. on the surface, they don't look quite so smashed up. But, yes. There's yeah, also that good. element as well about um, the manipulation. I know when I was assessed, I've been assessed by two psychiatrists. I was still playing a game with them. <laughs> there were certain traits where I was going. It's like when I did that, um, do the personality <laughs> one. It was like, no, yeah, I, wanted, I want a different result. Yeah, you wanted to go again. Yeah. You were happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> I want a different personality this what week. happened it came out the same yeah <laughs> um so yeah there's that idea of not being sick enough mm. I think the other extreme of this is that you can present as so chaotic that mental health gets forgotten because mm. the police have to deal with you breaking something or breaking somebody or stealing yeah. something that's their first priority no one's going to go well let's just see if this is bpd or mm. or some other disorder mm. yeah why and, did this happen yeah mm. and then once you're into that system the healthcare system might not find you this last little bit i hadn't ever read something like this and it's it's the basis of what we've been saying but i said i think it says it in a way that i hadn't understood so high functioning bpd is a result of tra trauma as most borderline is trauma may not be visible but comes in the form of emotional abuse or neglect. What it says here is no matter what had happened, the pain you suffered was too enormous for your young psyche to handle. As a result, the only way you could cope was to create a split. And we've been talking about splitting, splitting in much a more grown-up way. Right, yeah. So a part of you was given the task of carrying and containing the unthinkable pain, while the rest of you could go on with life as though things were normal. And I suddenly thought, it is. There's an element of me that is dealing with whatever happened mm. and then there's a great big part of me that's you know successful at work or successful at sport or whatever it is and and highly functioning it's a bit like your spaceship in that it's almost like even at a very young age you can put you park that bury it yes 
I mean, been talking about time capsule leave yes. in that one day. Yeah, because it's too big to actually are. deal with. Yeah, you forgot you buried this. Yes. Yeah. And it says, after the split, the traumatised part of you remains frozen in time. So this part of you thinks and feels like a frightened child. Yeah. So when you when you are triggered, you feel vulnerable, confused mm. or ashamed mm. and tend to blame yourself. And everything falls into black and white thinking. And I'm not going to read all of it, but they said it almost becomes that, that because it's the sort of either or the black or white, is that if your childish bit comes in of, of the vulnerability, that's what then takes over. Mm. And, and the assured professional person gets subsumed. Yeah. Uh, and that's when emotional mind comes in and bad choices are made because you're almost making it as a child would. It's just based yeah. on what do I want to do? And it does say eventually you will learn to show only the competent side of yourself and you hide the rest of it. And we're not going to go on to it now because I'm aware of time. Mm -hmm. But just to give you um, a sort of bit of a name check here, it's called an adoption of counterdependency, which is exactly the codependency that you were talking about last time. Yeah. And it says you become incredibly self-reliant so much that you think it's unthinkable anyone would be there to take care of you and to comfort you. To be dependent on anyone makes you feel unsafe and overly exposed. So that's the building of walls, the breaking down of, you know, stuff that gives you. So the, ado the adoption feelings. of. Yeah, it may mean that you have adopted counter-dependency. Sorry, counter-dependency. Yeah, so, yeah, the opposite of codependency. Yes. Right, sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah. yeah. It's it's literally the opposite, but it's sort of, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's where extreme left and extreme right meet, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. It's getting all quantum. Yeah. No, it's really good. So we're just going to have a poem break now. It's a very, very what? short have got, poem. Have we got a poem? Yeah. Mm, excellent. The poem's called Not Waving But Drowning. Nobody heard him, the dead man, but still he lay moaning. I was much further out than you thought, and not waving but drowning. And the reason I'm saying it is that I used an analogy four or five pods ago mm. about treading water. Yeah to describe my mental state before I said about borderline. Mm -hmm. When you, your sort of reply was, well, at least you still got your head above water so you're not drowning. And I was saying, yeah, but when you're this. treading water without seeing land, <laughs> yeah. you're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. If you're treading water and you can see the desert island, mm. once you stop treading and start swimming, that's right. you've got somewhere to get. And I think that's when we come onto the therapy in a minute. The dialectical element of it is right. like having opposite thoughts. So right. the, the thought could be, I'm treading water. Fuck it. I'm going to give up and let the sharks yeah, have me. Yeah, yeah. Or the dialectical behavior is I'm going to be proactive and look for that desert island rather yeah. than go, I can't see it. So it's not there. So you then seek out yeah. your, your harbor, your safety. Are we on to therapy and support services? Is yeah. a good point? Excellent. Yeah. And I'm only going to, I'm going to give a fairly brief overview of this because two reasons. One is the links we can give, people can go and read mm. this. I don't think me going through every treatment is going to, yeah, yeah. you know, isn't going to make good listening. Okay. A couple of things I want to make. There's something, if you look on the NHS website called the, Pro, the Care Programme Approach, and it's very, very sort of perfunctory. There's four stages. You get an assessment, a care plan to meet your health and social needs, a key mm. worker and mm. reviews. And it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Without being rude, that could be <laughs> for anything. That could be. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a framework. I guess It's a framework. Yeah, it's and what I'm saying vague, is, yeah, that's a care program. When we come on to dialectical behavior therapy, which is recognized as the primary mm -hmm. therapy, and it's the therapy I'm having. Mm -hmm. It has been designed by Marshall Einem specifically for people with BDP, BPD. <laughs> so this is the big caveat. And I know you've laughed at me in the past when I've gone, I'm not a doctor. There will be people with borderline who are on 
various drugs, which could be because of their comorbidities. It could yeah. be a whole reason. Okay. I'm on other drugs. One of them is for my heart, but mm-hmm. does have a big effect. So my beta blockers does have a big effect on my yeah. head. Yeah. Yep. What I'm saying is probably the most popular therapeutic intervention for borderline personality disorder is DBT. Yeah. That doesn't mean that there's going to be people here that aren't on other drugs because of depression or anxiety or other comorbidities. So I just want to make that clear because sure. I don't want someone going, well, I'm on drugs and, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. so it says on the, the NHS website, the ultimate goal of this therapy is to help you break free of seeing the world, your relationships in your life in a narrow, rigid way that leads you to engage in harmful and self-destructive behavior. It's very much based on teamwork. So the therapy I receive is a one-to-one therapeutic intervention that is different to any other therapy I've had. It mm-hmm. isn't tell me about your past. There's there's a bit yeah. of that to get a, a feeling for the person, but we don't refer back to incidents. It isn't tell me about when this happened sure. to you or how does that help Which you? Which I guess is probably talking therapy to a large degree, isn't it? Yes, it is a talking therapy. But very you know, very layman's kind of yes. approach. But yeah, but it is... And I guess ICCBT, cognitive behavioural yes. therapy, is a more practical tools for it. So would you say this is a more practical therapeutic Yes. So it sounds like it's it's putting the grey in between the black and the white, but also does it give you practical tools, exercises to go and yes. help you do that? Is it a mixture of all of those things? Talking yes. therapy and it's, more practical based? Yeah, yeah, no, you're spot on in okay. terms of that it's... I think right, here's, here's a key example. If I'm talking to my therapist and we don't go... She won't go like, oh, tell me about your addiction. Yeah, yeah. But we might discuss addictive traits that I still have, which mm-hmm. I definitely have. Mm-hmm. So instead of going, why do you think that is? Or where did this come from? Or was that because of X, Y, and Z? None of that in some ways matters. What yeah. matters is that I have here. them <laughs> and how can you cope with them? It doesn't really matter yeah. how they started. Yeah. The dialectical means the sort of opposite or the balance between things. So mm-hmm. instead of having a certain line of thought, she will give me alternatives and the last five minutes of today, I'm just going to just explain something around mindfulness. And we have done quite a bit about mindfulness in the past. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about mindfulness is taking yourself, having an awareness of yourself. It isn't like trying to get rid of all your problems. It's not even not thinking about your problems. It's just having an awareness of now, yeah. being in the moment and being yeah. able just to take stock of where you are, which again is different from trying to, you know, solve all the world's problems in one go. Mm-hmm. So the other part of DBT because it's twice weekly. So there's the weekly individual therapy and the skills class. And this is what I go to on a Saturday and that lasts, they're quite long. The idea is, is that you actually join in and you actually give examples. So I gave an example today. We had to talk about something called Dear Man, where it's where you prepare your, the way you're going to have an interaction with someone. So you almost get your script ready so that you don't fire off the handle. And so you almost prepare a strategy. So this book is is just full of all the different strategies. And so the links that we're going to have to Marsha Lynham's videos will just Mm -hmm. have three minutes of going, this is what this means. Okay. So the course is, 34 weeks and the intention with therapy is that you don't stay for more than a year on the individual therapy right they don't want you to be it's a bit like when people go weight watchers is brilliant i've been going for eight years yeah if you've been going for eight years then weight watchers is crap i always see the kind of more practical ones as as more time limited Yes. It's the driving instructor analogy. I love that one. Yeah. It's like you wouldn't have a driving instructor for life <laughs> yeah, once right. you can do it. But I think some of the more talking therapies are slightly different. Yeah. There's always endless. Yes. They're your pension, aren't they, if you're a therapist? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so this is going to be quite brief because I don't think it's... Okay, sure. Um, 
uh, there are links to this. So the four modules, I say this is 34 weeks, and this is the one big caveat. We talked a few pods ago about privilege, and I know it's overused sometimes on Twitter and or underused sometimes. I am paying over £10,000 a year, probably yeah. ten, between ten and £15,000 wow. a year on therapeutic interventions. During lockdown, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't earning ten or £15,000. Yeah, right. So I got a bit of a handout. So I'm in a position where I can do that, and that is a privileged position. Um, what happens on the NHS, I think, is going to be a bit of a postcode lottery that you either get a psychiatrist who recognises you have a dire need, but this is the important bit. Going back to this 10% of people committing suicide who have BDP and 75% severely self-harming. And my and, comment about not mentioning it being underfunded yeah. when it absolutely probably is proportionally to yes. other, other things. Yes. But, is, but, that, so is that where you're going? Well, yeah, it's underfunded to the support, point that the you, subsidies can, should be there. you probably can't get in most parts of this country. I doubt if you can get on to yeah. DBT therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full stop, I'm guessing. Be interesting to try yeah, and like, ring up some yeah. health authorities. Something we could dig into. Yeah. yeah. But that has got to be wrong that basically if something that has such a high risk factor in it isn't you? isn't resourced, yeah. of course you would. If COVID would if COVID interventions were about saving lives, which we talked about, and this is noticeably going to save lives. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hoping is that for my 34 weeks on this and my one-to-one therapy, I will be able to have a systematic and gradual introduction to different ways of thinking that will lead to different ways of acting. Mm-hmm. And the more I integrate those in my life, the more likely they are to work. And I was trying to come up with um, a clever little analogy, a little sort of saying on this. I was thinking, who starts the path up a mountain? This was my question to myself. Like the the first person who treads that first path. Yeah, Yeah. but it doesn't become a path after the first person. So it becomes Mm. a path through repetition. So if everybody keeps doing the same thing, you've then got a path to the top. If people don't continue on the same path, yeah, you know, we get to the point where nobody questions where it is. It's because yes, it's visible. That's the right way to go. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I see my recovery is that if I continually do things like regulate my emotions and refrain from addiction and use mindfulness, they will become my default personality. And there's been some changes already when you went, for fuck's sake, be more judgmental. You know, I've done the course on mm-hmm. the, the judgmental mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. and I have changed. I do not criticize or judge. Mm. Um, in the way that I used to. You're much better at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah ten thousand pounds worth of insults. <laughs> yeah, um, so, the, the the four modules are mindfulness, which we've discussed quite a bit, mm-hmm. interpersonal effectiveness, and that's how you deal with other people in a way for two things: either to say no to other people, mm-hmm. or to get mm-hmm. your way. And when I was doing it, I was going, "I always get my way. I'm manipulative." And they were going, "Maybe getting your way." in a way that's that's helping both parties. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sure. um, distress tolerance, that's the key one when we were saying the naught to 100, how do yeah, I get to 98 yeah. and tolerate that distress and then start to bring it down? Mm-hmm. And the one that I started on today, so I can't really comment on, is emotional regulation. Right, right. So yeah, just very, very quickly, the core mindfulness, Marshall Einem goes that the mindfulness is key to all of this. One thing kind of there, I wrote it down a minute ago and we've talked about it before, but the key i'd imagine because I, every time you say mindfulness and i always struggle about what mindfulness was at the beginning but now i always see it as that self-awareness yes and almost like a coping mechanism yes it isn't finding a solution no it's a continual journey isn't it of, yeah yeah and I, I spoke to a client on friday we were talking about mindfulness and he was saying oh this isn't something i can really get into and i went mindfulness for me 
starts with my shower. So the core mindfulness um, looks about increasing your awareness levels, decreasing reactivity and judgmentalness to focus better, train your attention. So it does give creating that moment and that sort of living in the now. I time travel backwards. So I go back at things I've done in my life and just go over and over and over. And then I create futures that will never exist. I can get upset. I can be crying about something that will never, never ever happen, happen because I've created it yeah. in my mind. The other thing is there's the validity of different positions and others' perspectives. Someone said it's better to be happy than to be right. And I thought that's that's a key thing. Um, the second one is distress tolerance. So this is accepting difficult situations and acceptance is a big word there. Finding ways to survive and tolerate the moment without engaging in problematic behaviours such as self-harm, conflict, substance misuse or other impulsive behaviors so how does it when when you just go i'm at my wits end i'm at rock bottom i might as well do x it's it's how do you and this one one of the things is called stop and it's like literally just everything does stop you just take those few Mm -hmm. seconds Mm -hmm. and that could be that could be the skill that's going to to protect a lot of people yeah emotional regulation as i say this is the final one that's about recognizing emotions and the obstacles to changing them um, reducing emotion vulnerability and then the interpersonal effectiveness as i said it is about working with others i think one of the key things about that is actually thinking that someone might have a different view to you i think i said that in the first one i always think i'm right i look at people no matter how daft my concepts are i'm yeah. going i can't believe you don't now yeah. i've explained it to you surely you're... Yeah, but at least you listen to someone else's view and go yeah still right yeah that's the important thing here mate isn't it? <laughs> So this is going to be final two minutes. On the mindfulness, Marshall Lynham said of all the skills that are taught in DBT, mindfulness is the most critical. DBT is the first psychotherapy to use it, not meditation. There is a difference between mindfulness and meditation. People can go away and look and see what the difference is. And why Marshall Lynham said that is most clients would struggle to hold that degree of attention. So there's something called a body scan, which is in part of the meditation. Yeah. So one of the pods, doesn't it? You just come from a a body scan. Yeah. And I was in pieces. No, we did one. You did one on here. Well, a face scan. We did did a face face scan. scan. Some of the body scans that I did on my stress tolerance course were 40 minutes and 40 minutes of someone with BPD. And I felt quite, I felt quite sleepy after five, you did, but imagine yeah, 40 but minutes of that. The scenarios in my head were 40 minutes, not not through the boredom, just I'd created oh, whole right. virtual worlds and, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah, so right. there is a difference between mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. So every other skill depends on the mindfulness skill. The skill of observing is just noticing, just paying attention, what is in front of you. Noting is what is within you, what's in your mind, what's in your body and what is outside. The second point is describing. And this to me, this this line made such sense to me. Describing is where you describe what you observe. If you cannot observe it, such as being in someone else's mind, you cannot describe it. This is the bit about allowing emotions to become fact. Mm. So I can sit here Mm. thinking, he thinks I've jabbered on a bit. I need to be a bit more succinct and finish this. That thought has been in my mind. That isn't a fact. And if it is, I've got no way of proving it. So I can only describe what I can see. So what I can see is you're nodding your head. You're looking at me. You're still awake. Mm -hmm. So it's that bit about not creating something through your thoughts and emotions. You can only describe Mm -hmm. what you can see. Yeah, sure. And the final one is called participating. It's becoming one with throwing yourself in, letting go, going with the flow. So that's the what. And this is how you do it. 
being non-judgmental means neither good or bad. In the moment, just this moment, nothing else exists. And she's very keen on this, is that this is the only bit of reality. What happens now, so what it's I've just said is now gone. It's yeah, now the thing gone. you just said moment. is just, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's happened. It can't be influenced or changed. Like a fart in the wind. And neither can that reference. <laughs> yeah. So it's only now. And they're doing what works and they're giving up having to be right all the time. And they're doing what works. We don't tend to learn as humans or it takes a long time for us to learn. There are so many things we do on a daily basis that could be done better. I think there's a lot of things we do that aren't the most effective. Our first thought isn't, is this what works? It's just what we've always done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last bit is there isn't a lot out there. It's going to be really hard for people with BDP to access it, but that doesn't mean you don't try. I'm trying to get together different charities. They're way ahead of us in America. So they run a course called Family Connections, and it's for fam family or friends or people that have relationships with people with BPD. And it's run by something called the NEA BPD. It's a US charity. Mm -hmm. You can sign up on their website. It's free. They're now running them on the UK uh, via Zoom, right. which before I think wasn't happening. So Zoom's really helped there. Mm -hmm. It's a 12-week course, two hours each week, not for those with BPD, but for anybody wanting to learn about BPD and the skills right. to help them interact with a BDP person. And I think this is key to what we've been trying to do in these three podcasts is if there is something out there that's free and you can access and will help you understand those around you, yeah. then it's, well, it's, got yeah. to, it's got to be good. Yeah. The interesting thing about this is that the person you are concerned about does not have actually had to have a an official diagnosis because that can suddenly okay. be a stumbling block. I oh. paid for both of my, my assessments because I can afford to pay 480 yeah. quid, but there's other people probably on waiting lists, but you might go, mm. I think you've got BPD, right, yeah. but you don't have to have that diagnosis to, for the, your friend or family to go on the course. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, anyone can register, partners, adult children, friends, colleagues, and some local NH trusts are now also running courses that are present not everywhere, so it might just be worth thinking. Mm. There's a charity called Rethink, got mm. the links to it. Yeah. Uh, if you search local area, you might be able to find if there's courses. The other thing is, just as a footnote, is careful of believing everything on websites. Mm. Just go to ones like the NEA PPD one. There's some others that are, I think, just out to capture people and make yeah. money out of them. So, yeah, just just go careful. That's Good. Wow. Thanks. That's it for this episode. Well done for getting this far. And thanks for listening. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at I'mFineCast. And send your feedback and ideas to I'mFineCast at gmail.com. Don't forget to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And please do spread the word. Um, and people have been, which is great, as we said. It was yeah, great. yeah, big so, thanks. And, and, and all of those of you that tuned in for B BPD, just listen to our next pod just to see the other side of our, <laughs> right. our personalities. <laughs> right, yeah. If you thought this was it for yeah, 70 episodes. Yeah, when we just trivial. Think again. Well, funny you should say that because I said in the next episode, okay. we'll be back for our usual format. Well, there we go. Um, yeah, as you have a lot of bookmarks backing up in the pipe. Mm. don't we so well, the pressure is building we're going to get our plungers out so i think that's it we're good there's lots in there again we're good yeah um, and look at the show notes i mean you put a lot of time in putting those up if people really want mm. the links they'll all be there and what i think i'm going to do is pull that out and put a page on our website specifically for this oh, okay and break it down because i realized it's very boring mark but <laughs> you can only have a certain amount of characters in my show notes you can okay. only have four thousand characters all right so i'm a little bit pressurized in terms of, so what i thought i'd just take all the links out and do like a master uber page oh, that'd be good, on our yeah. website yeah we keep updating that referring people to that and stuff like that yeah okay so, cool um so yeah we'll see you next episode yeah see you soon okay bye-bye